Hi guys, this is Mohit Mosani from ScreenBinge.com and today we have uh, Harry Lowell who is the TV series producer and we're going to ask him some questions and we'll try to make it uh, unconventional and we'll also not ask him annoying questions that people just keep on asking him. Uh, this is one insight that I got that uh, celebrities just get sick of, you know, answering the same questions again and again. How did you begin? How did you start? Did you have a spark for it? And this and that and blah, blah. Uh, what inspired you and this and that. So let's get down to business, right? So first of all, I'd like to tell you about uh, Screen Bench. Uh, Screen Bench is, uh, hold on. Screen Bench is basically a platform where we, uh, we are a group of individuals uh, not in the same country, we're like spread out across the world. Like um, one of my partners is in Canada, someone is in Morocco, someone is in Malaysia, and huh. so on. So uh, what we're doing over here is uh, we connect uh, digitally, right? And we've come up with a uh, streaming solutions website where we put down uh, movie reviews, entertainment news. Uh, our uh, basic motto is to provide streamers uh, a way out to just watch, to, as the name says, screen binge, to binge watch, you know, everything uh, to the maximum, like. Uh, whatever you want to watch, we're gonna. Uh, whatever you want to watch, we're gonna pro pro provide you a solution to do that. Now, no matter what device you have, you're using a Roku, you're using a Fire Stick, or whatever, uh, we got that covered. So that's how we do our thing, and it's helped a lot of people. So, um, Harry, I won't. Um, make this interview um, a scrambled egg for you. I'll just come straight to the point and ask you some uh, very different questions. Okay, so what's the difference between being a film director and a TV series director? You're a TV series director, right? Well, I'm a producer and director, right? right. And that's, they're very different. So, you know, a film director is to, to summarize those two things you talked about, the film director is in charge of the entire film, right? So the yeah. vision, the look, the casting, everything runs through the director. They have a particular point of view, and right. that is the you're going to see the film. So they're more of an author. When you talk about TV series, really it's the executive producers who are the showrunners. They're the ones who are working with the writers. They're crafting a series over you know, many, many episodes. And a director is hired to help bring to life one or two of those episodes per season. So a director kind of comes and goes between. The series is held together in TV by the executive producers because they're the ones who craft the story, the, the, how many seasons it's going to be, how long it's going to, you know, how the arc of the season goes. Uh, and you bring in the right directors for each episode that, that is necessary. So there's right. a very big difference in terms of the director's role and responsibility. If you're a TV director, 
you have to come in and adapt your directing style to better match the series that you're you're blending into because right. people are comfortable with a particular set of actors, storylines. Uh, and so if you're coming in on episode 10, you have to make sure that your directing style matches the tone, the feel, the look, and, and, and what's been established by the TV series already. Whereas right. a film, you get to create that from scratch because it is a one-off specific project that you as a director get to kind of make that world up as you see fit. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, being a TV director, uh, basically, TV series director basically means that uh, the series is gonna, you know, run for a longer period of time. So, you'll have to work much more, right? No, because again, you don't have one director that usually goes for the entire series. Uh -huh. So, a director comes and goes freelance. So right. you only, you know, if you look at a TV series, change, you will have five or six different with directors. The, uh, the seasons, right, 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 right. Well, so, they change more than that. They change with the episodes. Yeah. Oh. So you are constantly much. bouncing from show to show. Oh. Most of the time, you know, because the, the episodes have to happen financially, one after the other, very quickly. Right. So the person in control of it are producers, right? We are the showrunners. Right. So we have to figure out that normally there's 13 episodes. So you will have a director do episode one and then maybe episode five because he can only develop and, and direct so many. And then exactly. you'll have another director doing episode two and episode six. So that way they will have at least two or three shows that they'll be directing, but it won't be all of them. You, you really want your, your first few shows to be very, very controlled so that you are setting the tone for how the show feels and looks and moves and the pacing. And then other directors will be able to understand and, and copy and understand the, the way that that series needs to be developed right. moving forward. So uh -huh. you only work on a few episodes. They may bring you back the next season because, mm -hmm. you know, that might, your timing might work, your availability might work. So, um, Harry, um, you, you, uh, you're also reached for, uh, advice on, you know, how to sell your content to Hollywood and all that. Right. So let's get to that. Would you like to get to that? Because I have some solid questions. Sure. Yeah. So one of my uh, most favorite, uh, my, my most uh, favorite question over here is uh, because I, 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 I write fiction uh, as a passion, not as as a job. So uh, what i mean um, who buys literary literary work in hollywood and how do you sell literary work in hollywood uh first of all i want to say i love that you write fiction just for you i that's what i think is really great about writers mm -hmm. is that they have a compulsion a mm -hmm. passion to just write they can't stop themselves and that's the sign of a really good writer is this is something that they must do they feel good about it is something that they feel compelled to do so i you know, hats off to a lot of writers because they have to sit with an empty page and create something out of nothing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So uh, writers are crucial. It's the lifeblood of Hollywood, right? Uh -huh. Entertainment, all whether it's a film or a TV show, you know, if you don't have great characters, if you don't have a great storyline, mm -hmm. no one's going to watch it or engage in it. Right. So it's the most important thing. If you are uh, a literary uh, uh, writer, right, let's say you have a book 
or something like that, and you want to get that out to Hollywood, or you're not in the Hollywood, you know, uh, world, and you're, you're outside of it, writing other of magazine article, anything else, yeah. you think you have something that might be a good TV show or film. I think the first thing you need to do is do your homework. I always uh -huh. tell people that you have to, um, you know, find out what you really have to sell. What are you offering everybody from a producer's? You know, what are producers going to see when you sent that package? Uh -huh. And what you need to make sure you understand is, well, what are you really selling? Give yourself a log line. What is your content about? Talk about, you know, think about what else you have in your package that would be appealing. Has it won awards? Uh, do you have a big audience or a big following? Has it been translated into many languages, whatever your work is? What else are you offering to sweeten the package so that if a producer wants to look at your book or something you've written, um, you know, especially if it's like a literary perspective, that they can say, oh, there's more to it here. There's already a built-in audience or it's already got an international audience or, you know, there's something else here that makes it extra interesting for them to also look into your creative. I think right. that's going to be the first part, is knowing what you have to sell. Exactly. So you uh, basically have to be a good salesman. Yeah. It's all about the pitch, right? So, I mean, I, I speak a lot about pitching yeah. and ultimately you have to really, um, uh -huh. you know, you're going to be trying to take something that you really believe in and convince someone else that this would be great for them. And I think part of that homework when you're pitching is making sure you understand what the buyer is, what they're dealing with, what they want, what exactly. you think they really use, and, and getting into that mindset. And, you know, we can mm -hmm. talk about agents and literary agents, but at the end of the day, the person buying it is going to be a producer. It's going to be exactly. someone like me. It could be a Disney producer. It could be an independent producer. But the point is you need to find out, well, what are their struggles? What are they looking for? And how can I, you know, pitch them in a way that makes them feel like this is, they want to go to the next step and continue to talk about it. Exactly. That makes me think like you got to approach those people that uh, when you go with your content to them, it's going to make them tick and they're going to be like, oh, I'm interested in this. So like everybody has different interests, right? And, uh, all our lives, we somehow or the other do uh, chase them. So I think you have to sell to the right person. That's what I learned I agree. today. Okay. <laughs> so, so um, what are producers uh, looking for uh, in terms of uh, genre and the number of characters? And uh, what's this uh, thing about? What's this deal about? So that's a, a, let me unpack. There's a lot of questions there. So <laughs> I think what's important is what you should look at the writing you do and break it down in terms of if this has to go into a t TV or film scenario, a producer is going to break it down this way. They're going to look at the number of characters. They're going to look at the number of locations. They're going to look at anything else that's going to be expensive. Is it a 1930s and we have right. to get all these old cars and wardrobe, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. visual effects? Those are the kinds of things that they have to look at. Not only do they have to love the story, they have to also figure out a way to produce it in a feasible, productive scenario. Right. Then you have to look at how you're going to recoup your money and who wants to you know, distribute this. Then you look at the big picture, too, which is, well, what genre is the film in, right? Is it a romantic yeah. comedy? Is it an action thriller? Is it a mystery? Um, those are important because that will help you determine whether you're going to make your money back and whether people are going to give you the money you expect. As you would guess, um, for the U.S. in our market, we can do any of those genres in English and we can have a reasonable return. 
But if you spend too much money on a romantic comedy, it is not going to make that much money in foreign. People don't want to watch talking heads with subtitles or comedies that the jokes only relate to America and don't relate to France or Germany or Pakistan or anywhere else. Uh -huh. And so those things don't do as well. They don't uh -huh. sell as well. So you have to understand what your content is and whether it has value in foreign markets. So uh -huh. if it's only valuable in Pakistan or only valuable in the U.S., then you have to make sure your budget is in line with the fact that you're really only going to make money in those territories. If you are doing a film like a Fast and the Furious, you're doing a film that is exciting and has action, it doesn't have a lot of talking, there's a lot of great action, that's a yeah. worldwide opportunity. Yeah, right? everybody and, can watch it, right? Even if they don't understand the language or yeah. anything. Thrillers, horror, yeah. those genres are always valuable overseas as well as domestically in the U.S., let's say. Yes, exactly. So I think it's important as you're looking at stuff, if you yeah. are writing and trying to assume it's you're going to try and turn it into a TV series, just know that this is what the producers are going to look at. They're going to look at mm -hmm. how much will it cost us if we try to bring this story to life, mm -hmm. and does it justify the budget? If you're bringing a Harry Potter, and it's a huge network and a big producer who does Harry Potter, uh -huh. then they will say, yes, this is valuable. But uh -huh. if you're bringing a romantic comedy, you can't do a Harry Potter budget with a romantic comedy. They will never make enough money for those networks yeah, or, that, the, or the film. That is true. So you got so to look at the on investment as well. Yeah. So it's always good to find At the end of the, the day, it or... is a business, right? It is a business. So um, uh, I had a question, but it just slipped my mind. <laughs> so uh, what's the difference between selling to TV and uh, what's the difference between selling to uh, uh, film? You know, film is a unique entity because you really, um, you know, you're, uh, unless you're selling it to a studio and you're going to do, let's say, an independent film, you really have to commit, you know, it's, it's about a two-year process once you have the script and once you start doing all of the pre-sales you know, pre with your distributor, once you're starting to get investors and figuring out a way to finance the film, and then you're going to go into about a year's worth of work to finance the film. So you have to really make sure that that, one particular film can be sold and recoup the money that you and your investors have put into it and that it, it, it tells the story, connects to an audience, and uh, allows you to then move on with your career. TV is a little bit different. And again, there are TV series and there are TV films that are kind of one-offs. Mm. I love TV series because once a network connects to your TV series and an audience finds it, they want to come back for more. Mm -hmm. So then you can come back season after season because yeah. the, the network whether it's a netflix or a uh, a and e or a discovery channel they have connected and found an audience and now they're looking for that content exactly uh the one thing i like about television is it moves a little bit quicker than yeah. feature films feature films take time and you develop you work on you have many projects in development but once you're producing something you're working on that one piece for a lengthy period of time oh. television moves a little bit faster it's kind of more my speed i like the fact that you can one day be selling a genre that is uh, special effects and, yeah. and scripted or turning the corner and saying, let's do an unscripted show about people in Alaska and selling a show about that that has a bunch of world travel in it. So, um, you know, television is the, and, and budgets have gotten closer and closer, right? Independent films cost as much as some of the streaming What's TV series. What's your obsession with Alaska? Huh? <laughs> Alaska what about Alaska? Yeah, what's your obsession yeah. with Alaska? Alaska, see you, man. 
I'm not, I'm not even, <laughs> you know, obsessed with it. It was just, uh, I love good characters. And so when um, people brought us those characters and said, hey, you should look at these individuals, it was just they were fun and interesting and their world mm. was unique. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, I thought it'd be great for us to film something in Alaska with really interesting characters. So that was exciting for us. And that's what I like about wow. television. You do, you can do some really interesting things in a quicker turnaround. And in a same period of time, someone may work on one film. You can get, get many, many shows in production developed and, and it's a yeah. different mindset, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, Harry, I do understand that, um, you have a whole day ahead. And you must be having a lot of work to do, uh, so I won't take much of your time. But um, uh, would you like to tell me about Wheel Ajante? Oh, uh, Wheel Ajante. Yeah, because that um, kind of captured my attention a lot. Mm. It's a sp yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, it's I, in I, Spanish, so ignore the accent. I tried my best. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I had to learn it too. Believe me, my uh, producing partner is Hispanic, and uh, Wheel Gente is a uh, immigration documentary we did. That we're really proud of because uh, at the time in America specifically, we were ha having a lot of really ugly dialogue about immigration, yeah. and we thought we really would like to show another side to the immigration point of view, right? From the immigrants themselves, yeah. whether they were first generation, brand new, third generation. And so we didn't want to do a political documentary, point fingers. We just wanted to tell some stories from people who are immigrants, happy uh, to be a part of America, uh, what America means to them, what it represented for them, right. what it represented for their families, and the uh, personal storyline. You know, we got a, an amazing director, uh, my producing partner is Hispanic, great people, uh, writers who came up with the concept. And I think that ended up uh, telling an amazing story about just American immigrants. And I think it really captured the attention of uh, not only uh, people and audiences in America, but also worldwide, because we, they were hearing these, these ugly stories that was going on in the politics of America at the time. Right. So it really struck a chord. It was really well received on the film festival circuit. Yeah. And then it got a big distribution on Comcast, where it continued to air. And, and that particular, because it was such a powerful, timely topic, it ended up airing for a lengthy period of time, uh -huh. uh, a large run worldwide in festivals, and then it ended up coming back the next year for Hispanic Heritage Month in the United States because mm -hmm. the message was positive and encouraging, and people were, you know, we were really happy with the casting because the the individuals were willing to express themselves and tell honest stories of them as immigrants, and it really made a difference in um, the dialogue in the country about immigration. It's one mm -hmm. of the more powerful documentaries we're really proud of being part of. Aha, uh -huh. I see. So it's it's nice to know that you didn't uh, go into the controversial aspects of the thing and made it uh, something like uh, some content for everybody instead of, you know, people taking sides, whether it's right or wrong, right? Getting my point? Yeah, we, we just want to tell a story of real immigrants yeah. and let other people make because the decision. Some people have we just wanted to open up dialogue. Some, and people I think don't. some people are very welcoming, right? So it's good to put a bi unbiased perspective, perspective and uh, just show it out and let the people decide. 
you can't, you know, put a chip in their brain and make them think the way you think or I think, right? So, where can you sell literary work to and to which uh, uh, platforms? What kind of work? Where can you sell literary work and uh, what platforms? So, literary works are obviously, you know, any platform, any network, any studio, streamer is interested in selling and buying literary work that they can turn into uh, a TV series, uh, a two-hour special, or, again, even a theatrical unit. So, you know, again, it goes back to my original comment, which is you have to do your homework. So if you, you have to look at what you have written as a literary piece and then try and then find those networks and those producers who are creating that kind of content. They are good at it. They like it. They're interested in that genre. So if you are doing horror or if you are doing action or if you're doing romance, I would suggest you find those types of films and those types of TV shows and find out who's distributing them, see what networks are putting them on, and right. look into the producers and see who is doing that because they know that genre. They love that genre. They know how to make it successful. They are always, we as producers are always looking for really good content. Yeah. And especially if you are having content that has something extra, right? Big yeah. awards or uh, a big audience already, that makes it even more exciting because if we pick up a project that nobody knows, yeah. we have to try and generate interest in it. But if we pick up a project or a concept that already has an audience that will jump and want to come to the movie or, or, or stream the video, then you have something extra to build on. Now yeah. you have a much easier case to sell it to your investors and your studios down the road. In fact, uh, one thing just uh, popped up my mind that uh, when the buyer knows what you're selling, uh, they, uh, since they have a lot of experience in that particular genre, they might even be, you know, uh, uh, able to improvise on your storyline, right? Improvise how? I mean, maybe uh, you're going off track in some places and they can, you know, guide you that uh, uh, let's not go into that place and keep the story going in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we work with uh, literary writers, yeah. you know, they have to understand that the producers and the studios will take that and do what they need to make it successful. And they usually, you know, have, you'll know from the interactions you're having with the producer, whether they're respectful and understand what you're trying to tell, yeah. but also, you know, they will be the ones who will be responsible to get this thing sold. You know, it's once it's out of the hands of the writer, very rarely are they going to be, again, unless it's a Stephen King or you're very established, you know, you're going to have to trust those individuals to go and make that story. And they're yeah. the ones, I will tell you, there's a big percentage of times that they do not happen, even after you, you know, maybe you have a literary agent or a talent agent or it gets to a producer and they go ahead and they option a script from you or a project from you. Um, there's still a big percentage that it may not happen because there's just a lot of things in Hollywood that can derail a project. It can be what's happening in the marketplace. There are too many projects. There could be actor strikes or, or writer strikes, things like that that could derail a project. But yeah. ultimately, you want to get it in the hands of the people that believe in your storyline mm -hmm. and that you believe can tell a great story. And then you have to give them space to go and do their magic and see yeah. what happens. Mm -hmm. I my 
all, I, I do suggest to people to use a literary agent or a talent agent because they will help you navigate that world. If you want to talk directly to producers, that's totally fine. Just make sure you focus on how to pitch and that you're very concise in how you pitch them and that it's very, very targeted to make sure that it, that it, that it actually gets read by the producer and that they want to look into your book. And then uh, usually you can use a lawyer to help you close the deal if you need to. But mm -hmm. a literary agent will help you find producers like us or studios that match your storytelling to the genre and the, the companies that know how to turn those into film and TV properties. I see, I see. So, Harry, what turns off uh, a producer? What turns off a producer? Uh, what, what, um, what makes them go like, get the hell out of my office? <laughs> uh, I've never been like, get the hell out of my office. But one thing that is, for writers especially, is when, you know, know what you're good at and know what you're not good at. Right. Um, writing for literary work is different than writing a TV show. Right. And that is different from writing a feature film. And that is different from writing a two-hour TV show. Each one is uniquely different, and there are writers who have honed those crafts. So when a writer comes in and um, demands that they want to direct or write or have final approval on things, it is a non-starter for producers, especially for newer writers. Um, when they have What they aren't respecting is what the producers and the studio and the investors are bringing to the table what they are risking, what they are doing, the time, the energy, the money it takes to translate it. Uh, we need a success. The investors need a success. The studio, the streamer needs a success. We have to do what is right to make that correct. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I think ego gets in the way of some writers and wow. they blow a deal. You, I believe you should look at a career, especially in writing, as a stepping stones. So if you have a book that you've turned into something successful, that's an accomplishment. If then that book becomes a TV show or a film, that's another step that you can then add to your arsenal, right? But if you kill the deal before it ever happens, then you are stuck with just this one deal. And that's okay. You don't have to turn your things into film or TV, mm -hmm. but the goal is film and TV is collaborative. Writers do one, they, they have one writer, he writes a book. When you make a film, you see all those credits at the end of the movie, all all those people collaborating co and collectively to make that film exactly. very different than what writers experience and you need exactly. to realize that you're not going to be the final say it's never going to be the way you uh completely envisioned it hopefully mm -hmm. you can be relaxed and enjoy the ride and enjoy the experience as your career grows and learn from that situation yeah. right if you make the next film someday on your next book you'll learn what you don't want to do and you'll get a little more credibility so if you walk in with big ego and big dollar signs and mm -hmm. and uh, with a lot of demands, producers are not even going to engage in that. You know, there's too much that a writer doesn't understand that we're up against and they need to be respectful of the process and the producer needs to be respectful of the content from the writer. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the, write, the producer and the studio are in charge of making it come to life and trying to make an audience embrace this new form of your story, which is a film or TV. Okay, my last question. What will absolutely kill your deal? <laughs> it's it's that. It's changing your mind. It's being greedy. It's having ego. That's going to kill your deal. If uh -huh. you don't, you know, 
as a writer, you should be open to saying, I'm excited to see where my stories can go. I always say one important thing is you will always have your book. You will always have your original story. No one can ever change that. So that is the great news about when you've written a book and published something. Mm -hmm. uh, that is yours. Right. What happens in TV or film will be a version, a, a variant of it. Yeah. And you should embrace the fact that it will change. It will be interesting. Be excited that people care enough about your story and your characters that they want to see it in another form. Right. Right? Film and TV is very visual. So we're not going to tell the story the same way you would in a book. Exactly. So just embrace the fact that somebody loves your shit and exactly. wants to do it. And I think that's going to be the most rewarding scenario. If you can put yourself in a situation of, I'm happy to see my characters get a new life. The one thing I think is important, people also focus on that will kill the deal, is greed. Mm -hmm. And if you come in and you expect to make buttloads of money right off the bat, it's just not going to happen. One thing that writers also neglect to realize is that if you allow your book to be turned into uh, film or TV, you will find a whole new audience of people running over to take a look at your book. Mm -hmm. Because there are many, many people who may have not heard about your book, uh, aren't, aren't that big into reading, uh, but you will now be exposed to a whole new audience, possibly international audience, right. and you will breathe life back into your books, which allow you to have better negotiating terms with your publisher, write your next books. So I'm always like, if you're a writer, keep writing. Let yeah. others envision what can happen to your characters and see what happens. Yeah. Enjoy the ride, you know? Yeah. Just make sure you're choosing a, a producer that feels like they understand what you're trying to do. That's very and wise. That's very wise. The best you can do. Yeah, I mean, uh, just look at J.K. Rowling. She's mad successful, right? And yeah, and I think people always look at that. So many rejections, like that yeah. would kill an ordinary person. That would kill all the motivation. But uh, she, she did not give up, and here she is today. She's a billionaire. Yeah. And, you know, I think that people also focus on that, thinking that that's how everyone works, you know, and there's many, many, many films that are done by first time or uh, writer, you know, uh, literary uh, uh, book authors who then get one picture deals that don't become J.K. Rawlings. And that's still great and exciting. Exactly. I think it's exactly. A, yeah. So don't feel like, you know, if you're not J.K. Rawlings, yeah. you're not successful. The point yeah. is just the exposure of your book being turned into a film will give your career a boost, will give your writing a boost, and you know all of that is valuable aside from the money you may make. You know mm -hmm. that's, the, that's, in my opinion, less important. If you are a writer and you're passionate about what you do, knowing that people want to continue to share your characters and your stories, I would be proud. I would be excited about that. Just choose a good producer who's going to be as reasonable and close to you know mm -hmm. understanding your storyline as possible and share that experience. And the next one, You'll make better choices. You know, you'll 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 hone it better. You'll be able to have a little more control. But ultimately, let people have control over what they're good at, yeah. so that they can tell their stories. Yeah, that gives gives me this uh, thought that you know, of course, everybody cannot be uh, J.K. Rowling, but you gotta put in your hundred percent in your work because uh, whatever you do, it's not like yeah. you have to be a writer or a producer or an actor. Whether you're Warren Buffet, not everybody can become a, become Warren Buffet. Not everybody can become Jeff Bezos. Not everybody can become uh, Elon Musk. So, uh, not everybody can become Christopher Columbus, right? So, but at the end of the day, we gotta give our hundred percent, and then just see how things work out, 
agree? Yeah, I agree. You know, and that's that's. Uh, I'm glad you asked the questions about what can kill it because those are the things that are disappointing. When I see people who, uh, also, I would suggest that you don't just have one book and run around for the next ten years just selling that. Mm. You know, twelve years a slave took twelve years to get into production. Mm. If you are or a writer, you know, those things can happen. So you should also, like you do, right? Mm. Keep writing, keep working on your craft, keep putting things out that inspire you. And that particular book, at some point, will find the right producer who believes in it, who thinks there's an audience for it, that the timing is right, mm. and then things might happen. And a lot of Hollywood is timing. Exactly. What's happening in the marketplace, what's happening in the world. Exactly. So you may have a great you know, 12 years a slave, everyone goes, of course, why wasn't that made immediately? It took a long time, but the time was right. The right people came together. So, you know, my goal, I always tell people, just keep writing, keep doing what you're doing, put those things out there. And at the right time, the right people will find it. And, and then that way you're not just angry for five years while you're trying to get your, your book turned into a film. You're happy and thrilled when it does. Yeah. That's the way I would perceive it. Yeah. yeah. Just like, you know, how uh, Contagion was not even uh, in the top hundreds. And as soon as COVID came in, it was like one or two. So yeah, that does make sense. So yeah, Harry, once again, uh, I don't want to consume too much of your time. Um, there's a lot of audience that knows you and wants to hear from you. So any message for Screen Bench? And uh, we would love to call, call you once again uh, for your next and upcoming projects, if you like that. And um, uh, thank you so much for your time. And if there's anything that you would want to address to the world or your audience, uh, please do. Well, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I love that uh, this topic, talking about writers, I believe that the, you know, everything starts with writers, the uh -huh. ideas, the concepts, the characters. So that is one of my favorite parts is in development. So I feel uh, I would say on that topic, anyone who has a passion for it, keep going, keep writing. Uh -huh. Don't get caught up in one film or one story or one book. This is a, a long haul. This is your your craft and your life. So keep working it right. and the right people will come out of it. Uh, if anyone wants to follow us at Good Producer is our handle for Instagram. And we put a lot of announcements on there. I will put uh, that also in, our the, website. in the description. Uh, video description definitely Great. so that more people can follow you nice so, we do. So, yeah yeah you know, we do a lot of international filming you know back before covid we did a lot of international work and mm -hmm. we've never really done anything specific with pakistan so i think this has been great for me to hear from you and to what the struggles are for the pakistanis to uh be able to get the content they're looking for no, so that it's it's not just pakistan it's, it's it's about uh licensing deals that they make with the content owners right so uh, let's say in one country um, channel 4 is airing a show and in another country uh, BBC I player is uh, BBC I player is also a UK channel right so let's uh, name an American channel uh, ABC right so yeah that's that's the thing basically uh, the distribution thing it's not just pakistan it's all over the world because um, where they find a larger number of viewers they would definitely put their money over there right so that's it yeah
Thank yeah. you so much. It'd be interesting to find out how they can get more exposure, yeah. you know, for Pakistan to get more the access to that kind of stuff, you know, legally and and make sure that it's it's you know looked at. It, it it's all about finances, right? It's all about exactly. deal blocking and figuring out how they can make some revenue off of it, and exactly. you know, figuring out the best ways to do it. Exactly. But thank you for having me on. Well, I really think this was uh, great to chat with you, and I love what you guys do with Green Bench. Well, you're so welcome, and I just hope that this interview was not a conventional and boring interview because I try really hard to not make you guys feel like uh, you're just you know blabbering. You no, I, fantastic. I, I, I want you guys to you know bring out what's in your heart and speak to the audience. So yeah, I just hope I was successful with that. Very much so. I hope you liked the answers. I hope they weren't too long. No, I hope that was no, helpful. That was very insightful. They were long, but very insightful. And I don't mind I will that. try to make them shorter no, next time. No, no, no. I mean, they were complete answers. So I really appreciate it. You want, you want uh, basically rushing, which is great, right? So thank you for, yeah thank you so much for your time and hopefully we'll see you again and you can always contact me uh, with your upcoming projects and we'll meet each other once again goodbye I love it that sounds good we'll definitely be in touch yeah good day thank you take care